Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Dan and Aaron like Rama. Music! That is uh, perfectly appropriate music for what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, the sense of scale. Um, completely, completely applicable and... and uh, direct, directly uh, referential to what we're talking about. When you hear me say the word scale, uh, it's time to turn the page. Exactly. Um, I was thinking, uh, I should have said this in the last episode when we were talking about Satan um, and how we dislike him. Yeah, that, that was the um, dislike Orama. Boo hiss! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, some podcast, I forget who was talking about, um, the Bible and they, uh, they were reading something out of Deuteronomy or Leviticus or something. That would and, be the uh, Godorama podcast. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me think of if there was a kid's illustrated version at right. the end of each verse, if you made yeah. like a chapter, a book, like a little paper flappy book, there's right. like 12 page books and each verse was a page you would get to the end of the verse and the record would go ding (laughs) (laughs) yeah right there's something about their cadence uh oh i think it was uh i think it was um jordan jesse go i think that's okay about it um but yeah that's that's what makes it made i don't know something about their cadence made me think of ding (laughs) page if you believe story, in God huh? by this point, it's time to turn the page. <laughs> and so, uh, Abraham raised the knife above his son's chest. <laughs> Ding! Ding! <laughs> yeah, right. And God said, no, don't bother. I was I was just the test. Oh, okay. It was a joke all along. Ding! Ding! Yeah, right. And then and- they high-fived and got a glass of wine because beer wasn't invented yet. And Cain beget Abel and Abel beget Fred and Fred beget uh, Joe Bob and ding! Yeah. (laughs) The guy's name was literally ding! You gotta pronounce it that way, otherwise people won't know which disciple you're talking about. And Noah gathered two horses and two goats and two trouts and well the fish were okay because it was a flood and two zebras and two hippopotamuses and two giraffes and two lions and two a different kind of lion and right yep and two um and two stoats and two weasels and two moles and two voles and Two rats and two hamsters and two guinea pigs and two <laughs> gerbils. Ding! Right. Then he then he looks back at all of the uh, all of the um, uh, rats and hamsters that he's created, and he went, "Wow, boy, I really spent a lot of time on you guys. There's a lot of you. I like this one." He points at the capybara. Capybara's just sitting there eating hay. I'm like, yeah, man, I like yeah. you too. So <laughs> that's right. Um. So, yeah, um, one of the things that I have always dug uh, going back to childhood is the idea of um, very big things and um, very small things and 
understanding the relationship the, the uh, between very big things and very small things, basically the concept of scale. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't really have a lot prepared on this one, so we're, we're just going <laughs> to kind of uh, ad-lib this one. Um, yeah, because the last one was an in-depth... <laughs> well, yeah, you know, after our thorough investigative uh, episode on Satan, we solved um, it. Yeah, exactly. Go we home, now, boys. Yeah, Peace we now understand us. why uh, we've gone down all the way to the root cause of Satan, and uh, we've actually passed that research on to the Catholic Church, who uh, wow. provided us with their eternal thanks in the form of uh, fifteen annos and twenty-three Demichis and. Uh, 400 uh, Navicis and yeah, so we're we're gonna be um, it, it's gonna be like that uh, that painting of the Ghostbusters at the end of Ghostbusters two. Uh, yeah. We're gonna be up in the uh, Basilica, so that's cool. You know, and one nice ceviche. Uh, yes, us one ceviche each. Quite. That's tasty. true. That's true. And then after that, we went. We took a siesta. It was very nice. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, we're gonna talk about uh, some of the different. Um, uh, scale me- me- methods and measurements for scale, hobby scales, and uh, um, like why it applies and stuff like that. Um, so anything that is one to one scale, uh, scale is all done in in ratios. Um, one to one scale is you and me. It's the the size of a normal human being, um, and. It is, if I remember correctly, it's all done in meters. I think honestly, I can't. You know what? This one it could I be am done in anything. I mean, yeah, it could be done. Yeah, it could be done in uh, bologna sandwiches or, you know, uh, dinosaur claws. Um, yeah, one to one eggplant emoji. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see here. What is scale measured in? Yeah, let's when you do a ratio scale, um, let's do ratio scale is measured in what? I think it's meters, but I could totally be wrong. Ratio well, that's, scale. That's uh, east of the Rockies. Uh, West of the Rockies is when you have oh, in ah! and out burger and uh, and what? <clears throat> It's subjective. It's It's entirely subjective. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's measured in um, uh, hectares and then and then in blocks of straw. Um, Yeah. The 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 Google searches. It's like the first three results are um, uh, measurement of scale in ratios is subjective based on the object to be measured. It's like okay, never mind. Well, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Um, This painting of an amoeba is approximately. One kilometer to one, you know, one right. light year to one light year. It's right it's, at that scale. It's about the same size. Yeah, it's the giant space amoeba the, that uh, eats the Enterprise in that one episode of the original series. Um, no, um, be fine. So, yeah, if the uh, if you had like a city map, yeah, and the scale was in light years, yeah, it, it would wouldn't be really help. Just you. about one to one. Yeah, no, with that, yeah, but you know, you might there's some level of difficulty there. Um. So yeah, there's the yeah. You're absolutely right though. I'd forgotten about um, city maps. You uh, scale. You got um, one, and, and I think for the most part. So yeah, that's where it's going to be. You know, uh, 
United States versus uh, Europe um, and metric versus feet. In the States, you're mostly going to find, you know, one foot. In a four-way cage match. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> um, it's all folding chairs. Right. <laughs> Nothing but scale um uncle sam fights the mommy state <laughs> no, the nanny state right is that what it's right. called with the, special uh, with special guest star um measurements internationales the, the <laughs> french standard for measuring everything in meters um yeah yeah up. isn't there's like the golden meter and like the yeah or, yeah is it is it gold it seems like that would be malleable no, but yeah, I, they I, have no, like here right. is a here's an actual ounce, and here's yeah. an actual meter, and here's right. an actual gram. I could swear that's like they keep them in like Not Vienna, Austria, or something like that. Gram. I think yeah. it's, I want to say it's in France. Maybe it is in France. Is yeah. the the like international standards thing? And then right. uh, there was something where like. Uh, oh, ho, ho. you cannot be as good as us. We have the <laughs> measurements. Oh, ho, ho. There was yeah. something where, like, the physical objects were, you know, on the on the very smallest of ahem, scales. Uh-huh. Um, entropy was taking in, and it was like shedding molecules, and it was oh no, it's not exact anymore. Oh, that's um, interesting, but not and so they changed yeah. it to a ratio where it's huh. like, you know, like a second is the amount of time it takes for this ion to do one two hundredth of its half-life you know oh, something something like clear. that that makes a lot of sense actually yeah because they're yeah yeah and because that's, that's how you get the like, abstract clock it, and right which is you know the exact sense. opposite goal than what they had the physical objects the standards for right Right, because um, now they've derived it all down to something exactly opposite from a thing that you can look at, touch, and see and, see and feel. Yeah, um, it, work it out on paper, and that's a second. Oh, right. great, thanks. <laughs> here's a set of encyclopedias. Here's right. here's an electron microscope. Get yeah. to work. Yeah, I was about so to say electron you, microscope. Yep, yep. So that you can so that you can time the chicken. Right, right. Go go measure the time it takes for that electron to circle that hydrogen atom. And then you can go tell the rest of the world that's how many seconds you have to yeah. uh, run downstairs to let your mother in after she's gone out to get the mail. Yeah. Yeah. I, by I that know. time, she, you know, like the old Emo Phillips joke. Right. And by that time, my sister's face was blue from the chicken bone stuck in her throat. <laughs> he goes to the library to look up the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> it was this whole, like, like six minute long story of he has to find the copier he doesn't have change he has to go to the bank and wait in line and all this right. so he gets back to the car and her his sister's face is blue have um uh, have you ever listened to um have you ever listened to um oh god never mind <laughs> I, can't okay. I can't remember her name now god bless it um, Judy Tenuta. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, Adam West, no. Uh, Tignataro. Have you ever done oh, yeah, yeah. Tignataro's comedy? Yeah. Yeah, Tignataro, um, she's great. 
she was uh, she was fantastic in um, well, she's fantastic in basically everything that she uh, is in, but um, uh, uh, my wife and I saw her in. She shows up as a basically she plays of all of the curmudgeon engineers and doctors that they've had in Star Trek. She's got to be one of the best ones. Um, and oh, she's that's just, right. She's on the the current Star Trek show. Yes, and she's just so over it. It's so great because it's like <laughs> awesome. these characters will be like, you know, there's a horrible, you know, microbacterial disease that's eating the outside of the hull, and she's like, "Well, okay, um, what do you want me to do?" <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Please, please, Engineer uh, Jet Reno, come up with a solution," and she's like. Look, my back really hurts. Is, do we have to do this today? <laughs> it's great. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, she. Um, I, I watched her stand up on Netflix, and you were talking about the the emo Phillips bit. She spent. Um, oh, it was great. She spent almost thirty minutes building up to, um, just the the best dopiest joke about uh, people talking with their cats, and she just subtly right in the middle of the act <laughs> she's she, been at my house huh <clears throat> yeah she um she she uses uh, two to three times in a row she uses um you know so i says to her i says and she, <laughs> she uses this a handful of times and then right in the middle of the act uh, as she's talking about talking with the cats she drops and so she meows to me she meows and oh my god <laughs> i about damn near fell out of my couch giggling I was like, that was good! That was good! Oh, that was good. Yeah, her delivery on it is fucking fantastic. That's um, really funny. She she yeah. mouths to me, she mouths. Yeah, oh, so clever. I was like, that was good! I dig it. Um, yeah, uh, so the reason the the reason that scale came up is because I'm, I'm, I've got a bunch of little tiny starships in front of me that I've been... Um, doing some hacky slashy on with some exacto knives um i love with and a, and a hatchet and a chainsaw right right yeah exactly i've got the torch Aaron over here Fletcher smith in the yeah. new horror sensation right cutting little, the plastic little tiny models <laughs> of starships little tiny models big hurt a rated wee, r production wee, wee. yeah um i <laughs> yes yes the theremin of yeah. course the the <laughs> instrument used in all slasher movies <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> conventionally used to uh signal the arrival of the ufo we're going to use it um in a non-traditional sense every time that blood falls out of someone that'll in the scenes where there's a lot of theremin sound, that's when you should avert your eyes. And also, when you should turn the page. Um, there's, um, that's when you have an, that's when the ding is auto-tuned. You get a theremin. Yes, yes. Um, bing! Um, you believe in life after so there's, Let's see here, there's map scale... There's model kit scale. There's train scales. Um, one of the one of the biggest ones is in, in model trains. There's uh, four different scales that are pretty conventional. And you know, I've never gone and done the digging to figure out where they come from, but I think it was from a pact with Satan. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Like all horrible things. Exactly. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Um, Good weed, music. Marijuana. Heavy metal. Um, but yeah, um, the, the scales are so weird. Yeah, it's, model it's like 124. It's so bizarre. One? Yeah, oh. so it goes, it goes backwards from... If you start with the smallest one, I, I can't remember what Z scale is, but I think it's like 1 to... 300 or 400 scale something like that z scale is itty bitty and then oh, n okay. n scale is one that you'll be familiar with it's uh, roughly the scale of micro machines and that is oh, okay that is around 1 to 144th or 1 to 150th scale and this is all in the united states uh, all of the because it's all hobby uh, american hobbies this is all feet so um one foot to 144 feet etc um, and oh, then, yeah, yeah. Z scale is 1 to 220. Okay, all right. And I'm Googling it. And N oh, okay. scale is 1... Oh, it's different. It's 1 to 148 in the UK, 1 to 150 in Japan, and 1 to 160 everywhere else. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. Get it and together, N scale. Oh, and the, funnest, the most fun bit is that you'll... Um, you, you, dig, you do enough digging on these discussions of the, the scale differences, and eventually you find three people that completely disagree with each other on the internet about the importance of scale, and they'll be like, well, you're just, you know, and you have to understand that, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're 160 in the United States and 1 to 148 in, in, in Japan, I mean, you just have to think, you know, these people are going to be huge. I mean, get it together, people! You know? <laughs> they will be five foot seven instead of right. five foot two right you're adding an additional six and a half inches to their skull is this really <laughs> what you want to do you know <laughs> you're maniacs yeah how could you let this happen yeah that i is, love it it seems like that is a really like simple problem to f well i guess like did they did they just like did global commerce happen after model trains were invented essentially and, yes. and by that time like all the machines had already been had already been assembled they can't, well, the we can't rise, just change it now the rise of global commerce well, let me put it in another way the rise of hobby trains <laughs> is <laughs> first of just, all sorry let I just me the with the burp joke. hey uh what's hey, the joke, joke what <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, you know what they say about N scale trains. What do they say about N scale trains? They're big in Japan. Ah! <laughs> 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 oh, it's good. That was good. Oh, that was really good. That was good. That was contextual. You lined it up. We we have sufficient like background information for everyone to get that. That was good. That was good. Factually oh, accurate. Perfect oh, dad good. joke. A plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten out of ten on that one. Good well for you. Oh, that was good. <laughs> um, Wrap it up, boys. We got him. And that's tonight's Like Arama. Uh, readers, if you enjoyed this episode, call 999 Like Arama. <laughs> fool. Yeah, yeah, right. There will be no more turning the page. Bing! As we're oh, at the no. end of the episode. <laughs> You're at the end of the book. Go away. 
Coach, All right, get out of here. <laughs> Stop Take your triangle and go home. God blessed Ding. charms away. Yeah. Um, Stop winking. Ding. <laughs> no more knowing winks, please. I've forgotten enough. Ding, ding, ding. I'm turning into a caveman before my very eyes. Smash. Cannot think. Um. <laughs> Here's our closing music. It's just yeah. hitting two rocks together. Go, 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 go. Yeah, right. right. We are so unknowing at this point. You have no idea. Um, God, what the hell were we talking about? Oh yeah, choo choo trains. Um, <laughs> I like them. Um, they go round. They go round. <laughs> um. So, Hobby Trains was a, uh, a byproduct of the post-war era, so, like, after World War II. Um, and I, I think it's one of those where the rise of fascination and interest in them kind of occurred in pockets separately in, in different places in the world. And then the standardization of the sizes and the scales came later. I'm, I'm going to assume 70s oh, okay. and 80s. Um, because there was a long time where Lionel trains were the the kind of de facto uh, scale reference in the United States. And those are all round about 1 to 45, 1 to 48 scale, um, which was a pretty big model kit scale as well during the time, back when people would do, uh, when, when kids would do um, model airplanes of, you know, their dad's favorite airplane during or just after World War II, that was all 1 to 48th scale, 1 to 50th scale, which is roughly the same scale that the Lionel trains are in. That, for reference, is if you think of just about any um, television show, sitcom, uh, you know, retro movie, whatever, where the kid is running around with an airplane or it's shown that the kid is building an airplane model kit, yeah. usually the ones that are just about the size of the palm of your hand are 1 to 48 scale. Um, so you're talking about a uh, inch to maybe an inch and a half tall uh, uh, little person figure uh, going inside mm-hmm. that plane. Um, just about... Um, actually, no. Um, toy soldiers are 1 to 30 second scale. Um, and and oh, so okay. if you skate... If, if, so if you think of uh, army men, green army men, they're all around 1 to 30 second scale, which is a slightly larger scale. At that point, in your mind, if you scale that up proportionally, you're now talking about the toy cars for that are all going to be about the size of, like, the realistic door opening, door closing cars that you would see at, like, a gas station. And then if you oh, go proportionately sure. from that... On the, like, spinner racks. Of, right, oh, yeah. right. All Hess trucks. Hess trucks are all around one uh, 32nd scale. Um, the, the one that car collectors really like, that's 1 to 24th scale. That's where now you're talking about just about a 3-inch tall uh, little person figure to, to go with cars like that. And then if you get much further up than that, the, the, the other one is... Um, you go even bigger, then you're talking about let's let's do three uh, three point seventy five inch uh, figures, GI Joes. That's one twelfth scale. 
Um, and and so anytime that that's kind of neat because there's this co cool intersection at a certain point between the hobby community and the action figure community uh, when people start talking about scale for the GI Joes because the GI Joes are just big enough to you could have vehicles, cars, trucks, helicopters, boats, etc. that you could still like fit in a child's room um, that would fit the GI Joes, um, but they're also um, they're they're just small enough to do that, but they're also just big enough that you can fit a whole lot of detail into them. And so there was this um, big push, and 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 there was a fad during I think the late '90s, early 2000s, just as um, plastic, you know, the, the supply of plastic was in abundance. Where people were, uh, sure, there were a yeah. bunch of there were a bunch of hobby communities that made a, a shit ton of money off of basically taking all of their um, model kit um, uh, vehicles uh, that they had been selling since the '80s and scaling them up and basically putting them together and then selling them as. Um, studio scale replicas and so there was this there's like about oh, eh, okay 97 through like 2008 uh you saw these studio scale replicas which you could put a gi joe into which were huge and immensely well detailed but were all like on the price point of like 300 to 400 dollars but they knew nice. who their audience was so um, yeah, yeah yeah suburban dads exactly yep <laughs> That's, you know, that's the thing is it, you know, when, when you, I did a quick Google on like, you know, the origins of model trains and all that, because I don't yeah. know anything about them really. Right, uh, right. But it seems like such a American and British suburban dad oh, absolutely. thing to do. Yeah. There's it's like a little kid will have one. That you know is like three feet wide and goes in a circle, but a, right. a, a suburban dad will have a room dedicated to oh, it, or trains. like yeah. half the garage is taken up with dad's weird obsession. Yeah, right. Um, and dad kind of goes a little crazy on yeah. the weekend, right? And he has to go go toot toot in his yeah. little hat. I gotta go make um, sure that the trains work correctly. Stay away from the yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and I. I don't it's, know where the I, I don't know where the psychotic fixation comes from, but I've seen it. And <laughs> it I mean, there's no two ways about it, you know. The I, psychotic you know, fixation. I have I have floated in and this out. This is from, a world I can control. Oh my god! Yes. You're, you you're all do to the what truth. I tell you. Oh my god! Yes. yes. Yeah. You'll listen to me, won't you, my pretties? <laughs> yeah, right. I can not push like anything. these dang kids today. Yeah. I, I really Ooh, think it comes out kids. of um, it, it comes out of the suburban dads uh, wanting to recreate the uh, trolley scenario and not being able to do it in real life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get to decide who lives and who dies in the eighty seventh scale universe. <laughs> You know, I'm Let's going to line up uh, these tiny pieces of plastic on a rail <laughs> and run them over with my tiny trolley. <laughs> And then you stand them all up, and they're all alive again. Yeah, Yay. yeah, exactly. No harm, no yeah, foul, ethical yeah. 
cleansing. Right, right. Not like warm bodies um, with uh, bags of water that end up dying. Anyway, um... Yeah. Hooray <laughs> for the good place for a, a hundred reasons, but also for popularizing the trolley dilemma. Right, right. The trolley My, problem. Good some, for that. That's such a good... Um, moral ethical question Good when for you're him. when you're done with this episode go um google um uh scale modeler solves the the trolley problem uh some scale yeah. modeler found he was like hey i know how to solve this problem and right in the middle of the trolley going across the uh junction point between the two tracks he uh switched it so that one set of the uh, the trucks, the wheels on the trolley, go down one track, is, and the other set of trucks go down another track, and immediately the trolley stops. No, it's a little video. And, oh, because I'm seeing... Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Is it like 18 minutes? Yeah, it and it's like? like the little bunnies in it. Yeah, and... Um, oh my gosh! I see. <laughs> oh okay, the images were... It looked like a comic because someone posted stills uh, from it. Oh, yeah, okay, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to go watch this. It's hilarious and adorable. He's like, how to solve it? St uh, change the direction of the trolley midway through the trolley going over the tracks? Uh, um, uh, <laughs> I taught an AI to solve the trolley problem. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, cool. I thought it was incredibly charming. I was like, okay, okay, that's that's good. I like that solution. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm the, totally um, gonna watch that. The weird obsession with trains. I it, it comes back to another thing that I've talked about. Um, I think in some episodes of Like Rama before, but I also know that I've talked with you about it in general at least multiple times before. Um, it's that it's that level of hobby related obsession where there's enjoyment and then there's uh real invested enjoyment and then there's the I exclusivity obsession where you start to isolate the folks around you in order to favor the hobby instead of um the people in your life and there's <laughs> yeah there, that part's the best uh, yeah well <laughs> it's a, it's subjectively yes uh if, if you're the wife or the child uh to the person that's obsessed maybe not so much um, yeah, I just I I kicked my daughter out because I said no, I'm recording. <laughs> yeah, that's a solid decision. I, I have to right record there. my podcast. <laughs> I have I to can make control the everything in the really? edit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can make Aaron say something else when I edit. <laughs> <laughs> I can control the assonance and the alliteration. <laughs> um. <laughs> I just but, um, have uh, I have a soundboard of you saying not uh, and can't <laughs> and don't, and I just drop them into random sentences to make you right. sound like a fool. <laughs> I can't not don't do this. Um, <laughs> a fool. <laughs> Fools! Um, I, I, you talking about that made me think of uh, one of the wildest things that uh, I read about recently was the, um, the AI that they used to generate um, Luke Skywalker's voice in the book of Boba Fett, where they had the AI-generated Luke oh, Skywalker. Yeah. And it's like they fed all of his lines of dialogue from, like, Empire and Jedi into a computer, and they were able to synthesize his speech. And, uh, That's I mean, crazy. I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's really freaking good. It like, fooled me. I had yeah, no idea they did that until it was I uncanny. read about it later. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. They got Mark Hamill to come in and do voices, and then they must have done some post-production under voice. No, that's a computer. Yeah. That's wild. It seems, like, it seems like it would be so much easier to just have him read the line and then pitch shift it. Yeah, So it exactly. sounds like he's, you know, 25 instead right, of 55 yeah. or, or however like, old he is. Yeah, or fiddle with the, the voice graveliness or something. I don't know. But, you know, it's they did what they did. Oh, I guess and, he is kind of gravelly now. So yeah. yeah, that would maybe that's why they had to do it that way. Because yeah. otherwise he would be kind of. <laughs> well, he talked weird. at some point. He talked at some point about gravelly. how. Yeah, he talked at some point about how almost thirty years of doing the Joker for Batman the Animated Series ended up affecting oh. his vocal cords in some way. And sure. he's like, and and in the in the interview, he's like, yeah, you know, I don't feel bad about it. I I wholeheartedly appreciate that I've had this role for thirty years, but it has definitely inexorably changed the way that I sound. So I don't sound like Luke Skywalker anymore. Yeah, um, I mean, he had Luke for six years, and he had right. Joker for yeah. I mean, just almost the cartoon 30. was more than that. But he's done the cartoon. He's done. He did the Other, Joker for every video, video game. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Which. Oh yeah. my god. Have you played the Arkham Asylum games? No. Everyone oh, okay. says they're really great. Uh, they are now at this point old enough that I don't know which video game platform you have, uh, <laughs> but it's got to be available for it. It is. Freaking god, I can't remember stellar. the last time that I like got uh, that I like sat there and played. A game on a Wii or a PlayStation or something. My my favorite part. Well, that'll of the tell Arkham. you how long it's been. Is it's, yeah. it's a Wii and not a yeah. a Switch or a, a Wii U or whatever. I else think it we is played now. it. I think we played it on the Xbox 360. Um, and the um, my absolute favorite bit, absolute favorite bit was that it was so much more challenging to not kill people, um, but you got so much more good karma. As Batman, if you just strung him up for the cops, and I, oh. I, I remember spending hours. Oh wow! So you hours. could accidentally kill people. Yeah, well, you could. Yeah, because you could choose whether to be good Batman or bad Batman. And um, oh so, wow! See, I don't know anything about it except it's a Batman okay. game, and there's all these characters in it. So oh yeah. See, I've that's something that comes up sometimes when people like make fun of Batman. Is like, yeah, he doesn't kill. Meanwhile, yeah. this guy's paralyzed, and this yeah, guy is right. bleeding out, and this guy yeah. has a concussion that right. you know has severe brain damage. And this he guy can't inexorably, yeah, this guy inexorably has a life changing event as a result yeah. of Batman fucking with him. This guy yeah. will never walk again, but hey, he's alive. It's like, yeah, oh, we okay. just watched good we watched job the, batman yeah we watched the matt reeves batman last night and um man oh, almighty, i loved it he he, he uh <laughs> he left some of those henchmen walking away with some permanent injuries dude yeah yeah <laughs> some of those dudes uh, are not recovering i heard but, um, some people like dissing on it like he shouldn't be like that oh he's so emo and crappy and like yeah, yeah. but this is this is what I think about the Batman and why what I came away from it with and why yeah. I liked it so much was yeah. uh, like he's not good at it yet. No, that's exactly. It's only it. at the end. Right at the end, he's like, "Oh, I should yeah. be helpful and hopeful, not right. a scary piece of crap." Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I also like that it's it's Batman with just enough of a technology curve that it's believable that the yeah. tools that he has at his disposal are not 
um, Iron Man level whiz bang super science that it's right. like okay he's got like a little vial of like extra testosterone and he's yeah. got like he's yeah. got like and which is probably going to be venom remember right. venom from the comics and he got addicted to it and, oh yeah and right. then that's like he did a bunch of it and and that's how you get bane right i that so, was yeah, yeah. Like, they're setting, My wife up, they're setting up all kinds of of like 90s stories with yep. that movie yeah just setting um, up court of owls from the like two like 10 years ago that is and true yeah maybe bane maybe venom uh, right. the drug venom not the spider-man guy venom. right I absolutely um, love that they did um, the uh, Falcone story, and that they borrowed yeah. from. Um, I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get which one it is, but it's the. It's one of the Jeff Loeb ones. Wrong. Um, it yeah, was either yeah, yeah, the yeah. Long Halloween or the Dark um, Victory. Is that Dark Victory is one of those. But it's basically yeah. When I get when, them mixed up too, but they're both spectacular. Yeah, when Jeff those, when Jeff Loeb books. when they it, when they introduced the the idea of. The reason that Gotham is such shit is because the crime families have controlled it for so long. I was like, what a great idea! What a fantastic yeah. approach! That it's not just like masked goofballs running all over Gotham. It's the right. masked goofballs are the byproduct of these just narcissists ruling a version of New York City that's ramped up by the nth degree. I love right. that concept. That and was the so corruption cool. Of like. Let's try throwing a billion dollars at the problem. Oh, right. that didn't fix it because Oh wait, we just of made corruption. it worse. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, of course. It's right. like, wow, that makes Oh, I love Yeah, it was great. It was such a it fantastic made sense. and you're like, yeah, yeah, here's this like, you know, 20 something Batman. Like, yeah, of course he sucks at it. Right. Right. He's still new. He he hasn't like he's never been attached to stuff yet. Right. And so, and like, it also I don't care about any of that stuff is because he's a crappy kid. Right. It also solves a lot of the questions about like when you watch the Matt Reeves the Batman. There's bits of it where I found myself going, well, why doesn't he use you know like the battering or why doesn't he use you know like the Bat Vision goggles and stuff like that? And it's like, oh, because he hasn't thought of even inventing that stuff yet. Right. You know? Right. I thought that and, was really cool. Yeah. I dug it for that reason. But yeah, yeah it was. Uh, Haunted Night, Dark Victory, and Long Halloween were the three books. Yeah, it was Jeff Loeb wrote it and Tim Sale drew it. And Loeb and Sale. Both, yeah. Oh man, my God. What a, what a series of of books. Get those freaking uh, good. Get team. those. All three volumes are spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, coming back to Arkham Asylum. Um, the cool thing about Arkham Asylum was that it was much more difficult to keep the um the henchmen alive but you got a you got so many more points for it like you got a shit ton of good karma um and also it was like at a certain point it became like a bent level of satisfying to um get all of the button mashing combination right to hang upside down as batman to get the dude with the grappling hook to string them up and then to do all of it without making a sound. Um, and and getting all of that with the various buttons, it was like so... Once you got it, it was like, oh my god, I'm Batman. I'm Batman, look at this song, this is so cool! I'm Batman! Awesome. You know, oh yeah, it's so much fun for that. And it's, you know, um, yeah, Arkham Asylum, man. 
good freaking set of games. Um, yeah, I, that sounds like a much more fun challenge than the like, the challenge of like NES Castlevania, where it's like you have to be on the very last pixel of the platform to jump and not fall in the water. Right, like, right. You got me again. Right, right. <laughs> or like slash, 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 die, slash, slash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, re- highly, highly recommended. Um, I guess we were talking about scale. We could talk about <laughs> scale some more. Uh, uh, or we could not. Batman Arkham, we were talking about yeah. uh, Luke Skywalker. We were talking about Mark Hamill had the soundboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. We um, were talking about pitch shifting, maybe? Yeah, I guess. Um, we somehow got from Suburban Dad's maniacal laughter. To, yeah. Oh, me editing? Oh, I guess, yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, you talking about um, editing my voice, maybe, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, because I had a soundboard of you talking, and then you talked about the Luke Skywalker soundboard that Disney right, used. Right, right, that's, in that's how we got That's, yes. There you go, ladies yes. and gentlemen, we did it. We, <laughs> good job. We We've gotten it. back to the beginning. Hooray! We Wrap did it. Wrap it up, guys. Yay! That's um, every conversation between me and my mom. When I was like in high school and college, it'd be right. three in the morning. Wait, why are we talking about? Yeah, how did we get about here? when Aunt Bev moved to Oklahoma? Yeah, what? right. I, I I love and miss and then we have to like trace it six topics back. Oh, right, right because <laughs> milkshakes are, are taste good. Yeah, yeah, grapefruit are in season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I. I'll thread the needle a little bit further on the on the scale thing. Um, I so the, the hobby the hobby thing the train hobbyists um, the train hobby dads. I I think you're not wrong when you said that it's it's that level of control where it's you know they for a brief period of time in those little hobby worlds they have ultimate control. Um, I I wonder if that was part of it if during that era it was like maybe they didn't feel like they had control as these dads coming back from i guess originally it was world war ii and then later it was the korean and then finally the vietnam war and i'm wondering if it's it ties back to the concept of you know like the crisis of conscious and you know i spent so much time being you know a a male or i don't really know but it there is something looking at the sort of brief the brief highlights of the history it looked like it kind of started with like you know like most hobbies it starts with the first people to do it are sort of the more moneyed people with spare time which would be your your lower gentry or whatever um if we go back to like 1900 um they have the time and the wherewithal to build a massive scale uh, not a massive scale a massive model um and that was at a time when the the lords and earls and dukes were starting to lose their control and democracy was starting to take uh to take root more and more right and then you know you follow that through to the sort of urban alienation that you get as as the industrial age ramps up and right and gets bigger and bigger and more and more ingrained into everything right um and yeah i think the last hundred to 150 years there has been a more of 
less and less control over every aspect of your life. Right, and so the which, idea of to replacing me, it, supplanting is it pretty with, great. yeah, like I, I, I don't have to plant corn or else I die. Yeah, great. Right. I love yeah. that. I can go to the store and get it for a dollar fifty. Right. Cool. Um, that works just right but, for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have that control over your life. It's you rely on. Um, you know the the truckers getting it on time and you rely on the trucking industry having yeah. enough people employed and being right. treated well enough that they stay employed and don't right. quit after eight months right um, you expect that the supply chain will provide you with that corn yeah right and, and you so. know if if there's a typhoon in uh nicaragua well, they don't have typhoons. It would be a hurricane. If there's a hurricane in Nicaragua that wipes out the crop, yeah, that's gonna come down and raise the prices to you thirty cents, right? Because and, you have to get it from somewhere else, you right? Know? And you have all these little no tiny things, yeah, yeah, yeah. All these little things that you have no control over. Um, I think a lot of hobbies, uh, it it will give you, well. It gives you the control back. Yeah, right. Yeah. It it, it creates a simulacrum of control, and and it allows you to say, I control every little variable of this micro-scale town. And this town or this, you know, village is just small enough that, you know, it won't do any damage. It won't have any impact if I make bad decisions. But I I can make these decisions, and then I can walk away from it. I think it's the same, you know, thinking about it, I I almost feel like it's the same reason that... um, you there there are people that uh still just love and play and obsess over the sims to this day uh it's the exact same level of just enough control um of course the with the sims it's a digital medium and with you know the model trains it's all analog medium but it's that same um i can live in um the this artificial world for just long enough to um feel happy about the decisions I've made for these artificial uh, simulacra of, of human beings and then go on with my life, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and that's, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, exactly, yes. And having said all of that, now we come back to, but why do they get weird? <laughs> and <laughs> that part... I think it's, um, this is, I always think about this one a lot, and I really think it comes down to, there's a, there's a point where the excitement about, um, the excitement becomes an obsession, and, um, the obsession then at that point becomes unhealthy, um, and that's the point where it's, it's not like, bad weird but it's creepy weird and <laughs> you know it, that's the point where it it begins to negatively impact uh you know the, the people around the hobbyist you know yeah so i'm getting uh I'm, I'm reminded of the toy man from uh batman and flash comics from like the yeah, 50s right right he was he he made toys and he lost his job or something and he's like I I'm going to get them with my toys and yeah he would do model airplanes that shoot 
little tiny bombs that kill you right. or something. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and which happens all the time in suburb in suburbs everywhere. It's true. I rogue you know, dads. <laughs> yeah, just chasing you down with uh, their their model kits that have bombs on them. Yep. Just a part of life. Oh no, not the airwolf. Oh, yeah. what a fool I am. <laughs> Curses. Right, right, right. No, Japanese import. Somebody put a bomb on a DJI Phantom 2 and they're going to take a high definition picture of me and then drop a bomb on me. Oh my dear <laughs> lord. No. <laughs> Drone racing turned deadly. Yeah, we're back to the metal. That's like our 15th metal riff for uh uh, this uh, past two recordings, but that's because it's, it's the 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 best music. Absolutely, absolutely, it's endorsed by Satan. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> He's right there on the cover. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's on the box. Yeah, yeah. With his it's, little um, wink. Yeah, the exact Ding. opposite. Yeah, with the knowing wink. Yeah, that's um, when he winks. Ding. <laughs> I'm Satan, and I approve of this music. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, uh, I don't know, like, the, the, the route I was going to take this way back when I had originally thought about talking about it was that I was going to get to, um, the even bigger scales. Like I was going to talk about some of the, the, the model ship scales. And then eventually I was going to talk about the spaceship scales. Cause that's the stuff that I love. Um, sure. but it's, you know, there is a point where generally the idea of scale and measuring scale gets ridiculous. And at a certain point, it just becomes kind of a wink and a grin. Um, the Star Trek guys have got it pretty well done. They've they've mostly got it down to a relative science, the various Star Trek model kits that are out. Um, uh, one of the ones that I work in that I really like is, it's so bizarre, 1 to 537th scale. Um, that is very precise. Yeah, it is very precise. And I think it really comes from the fact that they, they came up with the kit... And they said, this'll sell. And then it wasn't until years <laughs> later that some Trekkie was like, yeah, we should measure this out. And of course they did. Um, but there's... um it's 21 inches. That is exactly one 537th of the size of right, the actual ship. Right, right, right. And God bless them. I love Trekkies, but th- that is exactly it, you know. One of them is like, Eureka! You know? Parcel! <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. Uh-huh! Yeah. The USS Eureka. Yeah, right, right. Um, um, has anyone, I'm sure, it seems there's so many people doing it. It seems just a law of probability. Someone must have. But is there anyone who's taken, like, a model train uh, set and then yeah. floating above it is a model spaceships and they're all at the same scale? That would I be would, fun. I would assume so. I know that... Um, Back uh, when I when I was involved in some of the um, the hobby exhibitions, I know that um, every once in a while these guys would do. Um, so when when the hobby train community and and I'm not going to slam on that because they, they they have their weird bits, but it's I do because this I is mean, the it seems like a perfectly nice hobby. Yeah, it seems good. Yeah. I, I it's there are, there are nice bits to it, and fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the nice bits. Um, the no one's doing the, like model model swastikas because yeah. i have to i sure do hate black people you know like it's, well there are a few and uh they do get isolated uh, yeah anyway right. um but without going down that road too much 
the rest of the hobby train community, what, what, what they do is when they do their meets, when they do their get togethers, usually what they do is they'll bring, um, they will bring like a, um, a, a, a three foot long section of track and that section of track, then they, they all measure it together as a community and they, they kind of agree to a common, like, you know, we're all going to work with our, our section of track is going to be this many inches away from, you know, the edge of the wood board. And, and then as a community, they build these giant displays. And some of the guys will do a straight track and some of the guys will do, you know, a corner track and stuff like that. Um, and when they, when, when you, when you see giant train shows advertised, that's that community coming together as one group to put all of those together. Um, Oh, okay. and yeah, yeah. So where I was going with that is that um, some of those dudes love to find the commonality uh, in the scale. I don't know why I just became a uh, uh, New Jersey for a second there. Find the commonality, um, <laughs> but they like they love to find um, the harmony in the scale between the spaceship model kits, the plane model kits, and the train model kits, and they'll do um, they'll do like. One of my favorite ones is they'll do the UFO theme, where it's um, oh cool yeah they'll, they'll or or the Area Fifty One theme, and they'll have um, they'll have either a flying saucer model kit or they'll do flying saucer and then their two favorite spaceships uh, in the hangar right and um, yeah, yeah. it's really charming when they do that because then you can tell what this. Uh, hobby train guys other you know fandom is you get this kind of peek into the other fandom that they really like and you know they'll do like the the there's something about the hobby train community where they really like the retro um anything including the retro sci-fi so they'll have like the jupiter 2 from the original lost in space or they'll have robbie the robot you know like they pull from the the halcyon era of of science fiction whenever they do this stuff which i think is really charming it's 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 not yeah that's fun yeah it's not my preferred genre of sci-fi but there are other people that like it and they maintain a an enthusiasm for it and i kind of enjoy dipping into their universe every once in a while coming away from it and going oh that's cool that that, that you you're still kind of keeping that alive um yeah but but yeah i i did that for a few years when i was young my 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 dad uh being ever so patient with me he and i built <laughs> he, he and i built a um a, a straight section of track and we uh we did a crashed airplane with uh, some putty and a bunch of model kit sand and stuff like that that was fun, um, and that was another one where, uh, as a kid, I you know I think I was like in middle school at the time when we did it. Um, it was that same obsession with scale where I was like, I know that a one to seventy two scale airplane model kit is close enough to HO scale, which is one to eighty seventh scale, that I can get away with these being next to each other uh, without being so far out of scale that it's going to cause people to, you know, like snirk or, or, you know, raise an eyebrow. So I did that. Um, and there's other people that, you know, when you see model kit displays, you'll, you'll see where, where they'll do that. One of the things that's really wild is that, um, oh, so there's two routes that I want to go before we, uh, leave this topic. One is okay. the, the other thing that I was going to mention, which is the, the rise of 3D printing has been really good for scale purists because now they can now they can print everything they want in, in oh, their yeah. preferred scale. 
Um, yeah, that was really interesting. As I, I watched. That's gonna be a game changer. That's yeah, like when they put color on TV, like it, now it can be for that community. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I watched this thread on um on one of the, the the model maker subreddits where this guy was talking about. Yeah, I'm a nature scale um hobbyist, and for many years I've wanted to make sure that my scale is accurate between my my planes and my trains and my cars, and I've had to you know collect across slightly different scales. But now I can you know he got a resin printer, which is like the thousand dollar printer, the really expensive one, but it's also really good in terms of the detail it cranks out. And he's like, sure. now I can finally do you know I can unify my scales and. There was a, a group of folks, you know, there was like, I would say 75% of the community was like, great, that's really cool. We're really happy for you. And then there's like 25% that's like, yeah, uh, we've been doing these three mismatch scales for years. Nobody gives a shit, you know. Um, but there are guys. people that do. And for them, bless their hearts. The other route that I was going to go with this is um, the absurd scale levels, which is... Yeah, which is the Star Wars stuff and um, how big is big, right? Because <laughs> one of the things that is inherent to Star Wars, Independence Day, um, anything where the vehicle is so huge that the whole idea is to make everybody's jaw drop when it's on the screen. Um, yeah. When you put the scale references for these vehicles on the box for the model kit... It just becomes absurd, and um, it's <laughs> one where five hundred scale. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's um, I. I recently picked up my my youngest daughter and I. We uh, it was so charming. It was so much fun. We sat down and we did um, two star destroyers, and you can't really get a star destroyer wrong if it's a snap kit. It's uh, a bunch of triangles oh, yeah. and and two rectangular blocks, and you're done. Yeah, and then you paint it gray. And then you you wash it in a slightly darker gray, and boom, Star Destroyer. Um, I think when I was a kid, that was about the most complex model that I put together. I probably did yeah. like three models, and yeah. one was a uh, um, a stealth bomber or a stealth. Oh, nice! Uh, like a stealth bomber. And yeah, it's like yeah. here's a triangle, here's right. a triangle. Glue right. some wheels on it. You're done. Yep, and it's that's already it. black. Good job. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to even paint it. Yeah. But no, she she and I were having fun putting that together, and they had the scale on the um, the box. Hold on one second here. I'm gonna check the the manufacturer. Yeah, it's Bandai. So Bandai, um, who is famous for doing Gundam model kits, uh, they'll put they'll they'll put the scale reference on everything, every model kit that they release. And yeah. I think for the Star Destroyers, it was like one to 25,000 scale for the regular Star Destroyers <laughs> and like one to 463,000 scale for the Super Star Destroyer, <laughs> which is the giant one, right? And it's like, I just have this mental image of some dude sitting there because, I mean, yes, you could work it backwards, but yeah. you weren't really supposed to but yet you could if you wanted to, you know. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah. No, for some reason, numbers that big just make me laugh. Oh, it gets ridiculous. Like yeah. there's the, uh, the um, one of the Monty Python records. Uh, yeah. Th- there's a Michael Palin tra- track where it's like yeah. the wonderful world of sound. And he's, <laughs> and he's, 
It's so it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. He's like, right. "Hello, we're doing." He's all excited and yelling. And he's like, "And here's the sound of a cockroach sneezing, magnified sixty million times." It's <laughs> 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 just that number is so absurd. The Palin bits where he would get manic. Oh my god! Oh so much man! Fun. Oh, they were great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the I, pythons and the kids in the hall. Like as the years go, a different one is my favorite. And yeah, yeah. I think like right now, uh, Palin is probably my favorite python. Oh man, I added um, uh, no context kids in the hall uh, to my Twitter feed, and I've been reminded of so many great jokes recently. Um, one of the ones that popped up, which I thought was hilarious, is um, it's uh, Dave. Um, oh God, what's his last name? Um, who was on news radio um oh um oh my god honestly foley is it dave foley dave foley yeah, yeah dave foley it's very very young dave foley with a little charming smile and he's like maybe maybe in his mid to late 20s and he's wearing yeah. this blood-stained smock uh with blood-stained <laughs> gloves and the caption is you ever wonder how far you can get on charm well, turns out pretty far. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the terrible surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> God That's almighty. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love that set. I think um, they're bringing it back to in like a – maybe when this episode goes out, it'll be coming out on – I think it's on Amazon Prime. They're doing like – and they're calling it like season six of The Kids in the Home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait. And, I I saw the uh, I saw the trailer for it, and I think that's one of the characters coming back is oh, the wonderful. terrible surgeon. <laughs> oh, wonderful! <laughs> <laughs> what a great opening line! Yeah, you'd be surprised how far you can get on charm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man! And flying pig. Yeah, flying pig. Flying, flying pig. pig. Wow, yeah. what a lineup! Yeah. <laughs> God, what a great show! Yeah, absolutely. Um. The amount of one of the things that I I, um, I also remember from kids in the hall is um, uh, the amount of just like casual cross dressing that they did just to just to play the parts and it's yeah. they would they would have um, like they the Kathy's it was yeah. never the joke it was well we right. need someone to play Kathy yeah well you know yeah. let's let's put on a wig and and we'll do our best to you know be a almost believable woman you know yeah it was yeah. super believable yeah yeah and Good it's like them. it almost was it wasn't like it wasn't a mockery it was like let's just play it straight uh exactly. let's just you know we'll just do the girl parts you know exactly yeah. it was like playing someone is like wearing a gray wig or a brunette wig it was just right. matter of fact here's yep. what we need here you go yeah. here yeah, yeah. yeah good for them yeah, they were. I mean, God, they were really ahead of the game in in lots of different ways. It is absurd how ahead of the game they were in some of the um, some of the sketches and some of the running jokes. I mean, for that they like nineteen eighty nine or whatever, right? Like, wow, right, right. Um, some of the running bits, like I'll watch uh, SNL these days, and I'll be like, yeah, okay, okay, I I see what you're doing, but I also yeah. remember. Like, There's a lot I, of butthole clenching watching yeah. that. We're like, ooh, that's not. I've been watching a lot of Conan clips on yeah. YouTube 
yeah. from like the 90s and the early 2000s and it's like ooh yeah we don't we don't do we don't that the, yeah we don't make that's those not okay anymore. yeah Ooh, and yeah. like he's like the nice one <laughs> right right yeah he's he's the kind thoughtful one and even yeah. him you're like oh that's uh oh boy yeah yeah okay. that's well, cool. well that is true um in my opinion conan uh gets a perpetual and infinite pass for introducing oh, us absolutely. to the the walker uh texas ranger button <laughs> Um, which was just and 99.9 percent of it is complete gold wonderful stuff Uh, the 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 ratio speaking of scale the scale of (laughs) how many times you clench your butt watching old conan clips versus old snl clips or yeah you know whoever else clips is like oh wow oh that's bad yeah it's not like I mean, the '90s was so much like I'm gay. Get it? That's yeah. the joke. I, you know, which one is age? Whether it really? was a sitcom or a sketch show or yeah. or whatever, a stand-up. It's like, oh, I get it. He's gay. Right. Ha good joke. Har, no, har, har. it's not a good joke. Yeah, right. It's like that was a punchline back in the day. It's just it's like, a statement. Yeah, it's like now it's like okay, he's gay. Nobody gives a shit. It's, you know, the dude. It reminds me. Life, I, I'll, uh, Mary and I will say it sometimes when I did stand-up. I yeah. might have said it on this on this podcast, but there was a guy, he was some like big deal who came to Richmond and he was yeah. like warming up for his sets yeah. at the at the comedy club where he was right. getting paid and <laughs> he came out and he was like women be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he was used to getting like thunderous applause to that and yeah. it was the most silent you've ever heard of him. <laughs> like Oh, and so we like backed it up and tried it again. <laughs> Women be shopping, right? Okay. It's like, well, I, and, I guess that's and it was uh, true. oh my god, what a he he had a very deep hole to dig himself out of. It oh was just god. not funny whatsoever. I'm that's... like, wow, you get paid and I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. Um, wow. I'd, like to, I'd like to watch you recover from this. Who and were you friends we with go. when you started out? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, who was who was the famous person that said that it was acceptable for you to make these type of jokes? Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't even the offensiveness that the room of fifty people objected to. It was just the, like the mediocre, right, right, the it's mediocre like, uh, cliche of it. Yeah, it's like there's there's plenty of room for additional punchline to this but that's as far as you're going to take it that's, that's really <laughs> that's it the, that's the punchline yeah. oh wow cool yeah okay <laughs> hmm, that's very interesting sometimes i do shopping as well yeah yeah but like anytime someone is like thinks they're being super extreme and oh what you can't handle my truth yeah i'll be like yeah women be shopping right it's just so mediocre and bland. Wah, wah. Um, Nothing is more bland and mediocre than a an internet comedian telling you he's about to be real extreme. You know, I, I will say, though, <laughs> the, per, the one person that gets a notable pass for the best delivery of the women be shopping joke has got to be Hannibal Buress. Um Oh, sure. Hannibal's real funny. Yeah, when, when he drops that right in the middle of the Eric Andre show and he gets like <laughs> just like 
thunderous applause, and and Andre's in the back, <laughs> like, how could you do this to me? I was like, I wonder That's if good. they were referencing the same like touring comedian, because I mean, wouldn't that be interesting? They, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Hannibal is famously a big touring act maybe right. he ran across that guy and was making fun of him god i hope so or maybe it's just you know dogs and cats airplane food yeah just in that bag of cliches right the the the, the 400 different um uh bag of of garbage jokes you can pull from yeah hey my mother-in-law am i right yeah you know it's funny you uh, i was about right, to, now that you mention it uh, you are correct you are absolutely correct. <laughs> I have thought a well lot said, about your mother-in-law, well and 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 that's that's eloquently stated. Thank you, thank you for that that uh, <laughs> uh, valued addition to our conversation. Um, I was just thinking about how this like, is um, the speech we have to protect. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the First Amendment rights protect. Yeah, right. Um, Women be shopping. Brought to you by Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, right. Brought to you by... Uh, Thank uh, God we have... If Elon Musk buys Twitter, then how do how will we know whether or not women be shopping? Yeah, right. I don't know. Who um, will tell us these things? <laughs> Who will illuminate these great truths of humankind? <laughs> Who will shine a light down the halls of comedy to save us from this? <laughs> um... <laughs> The halls of comedy are one door down from the halls of medicine, and it's just a totally different vibe. It's just a completely <laughs> different vibe. Eucalyptus yeah. is that what it was? Menthol eucalyptus yeah. was halls medicine. Yeah, menthol and eucalyptus down the halls of medicine, and women be shopping. And I just flew in from L.A. Uh, down the halls of comedy. You know, yeah. New York and L.A. are different. Um, <laughs> those were some weird. Those like 1990 halls ads. Yeah. Those were strange. That was I yeah. like that like late eighties uh period of commercials where they tried to get real it was like the music video directors also did commercials and it got really they tried to be really like artistic and like German expressionist and stuff like Yeah, the, and they uh, got the like the Apple computer that was nineteen eighty four based and like Big Brother is like you must use these IBMs. No, right. I'm going to use an Apple. Yay! Right. A I, hero for our time. I it's also very really strange. I also really like that um, that era was also like that was just when um, uh, directors and and I guess creative folks and advertising agencies were discovering that you could put computer graphics into commercials, and you didn't really need <laughs> to. And yet they, <laughs> they were going to push that boundary anyway, because that's yeah. one of the things that I always think of when I think of the, the commercials for Hall's Medicine are those bizarre CGI'd, like really weird um, 1990s retro images of like video game hallways and, and these uh, little medicine drops flying down them with like fizzles <laughs> falling off of them. And it's like yeah. when I think about um, when, amidst the uh, the dry ice, right? Like, that represents the soothing sensation, right? And and when I think about making sure that my throat doesn't feel like it's uh, absolutely going to fall out of my neck because of how fucking horrible it feels, I think about synthwave hallways 
uh, with palm trees <laughs> and um, medicine flying down it with uh, yeah. the smoke effect behind it. That's the first thing that comes to mind every From time. The creators of Crossfire. It's yeah, a the holes of medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. From the yeah, creators of like, that one scene in Lawnmower Man, here is the halls of oh medicine. Oh my god. Lawnmower, we, uh, Mary and I, we, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe about two months ago, Yeah, I forget which streamer it's on, but we, <laughs> we watched The Net. Oh, nice! With Sandra Bullock. Oh this, my god. Oh my god. The Net. Like 1994, 1995, something like that. Oh right. man. What a <laughs> It was the same like lawnmower man era of yes, this is definitely what the internet does. Yeah, right, uh, right. Oh man, it was phenomenal. <laughs> oh, that's phenomenally funny. <laughs> wrong and dumb. Yay! And everyone is trying their hardest. Everyone is acting their butts off. Right, right. It, you know, Dennis Miller isn't uh, terrible yet. He's just <laughs> snarky and full of weird references. Right. Like, uh, but, uh, and yeah, no one does like a bad job except the conceptual writers of what the internet is the like. actual concept of the internet. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but there's a scene when she first meets the antagonist, right? She's sitting, she's supposed to go on vacation and get away from her problems, so she's on the beach okay. on her laptop, uh-huh. and this guy comes up to her <laughs> and he goes business or pleasure yeah <laughs> and she goes yeah uh but kind of both he goes it is both when you're a hacker <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god yeah that was so wild that's that same era as a uh, short Angelina Daffin. Jolie doing hackers hack the planet you know oh and, my god Matthew Lillard yeah that era when was... you're a they're the same when you're a hacker <laughs> so cheesy oh, oh it was fabulous it's I my favorite it. part of any movie they're the same like sorry oh citizen kane sorry singing in the rain sorry right. empire strikes back it's the net starring sandra bullock <laughs> and dennis miller right and some British guy, I forget who. Oh, that's funny. That's who hilarious. Who is a hacker. A hacker. Is it Jeremy <laughs> it so Irons? Good. They put Jeremy no, Irons no, in the heavy was... in virtually every 90s movie. He, he yeah, no. He's a bad guy a lot. Too young for uh, Jeremy Irons. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Northam? Jeremy Northam. I don't know that. Yeah, name. it was Jeremy yeah. Northam. Huh. Was the uh, the antagonist? Hmm. He was also in Gosford Park and Emma, and uh, Our Kind of Traitor. Wow! Anyway. Huh. That's um, yeah. He's, that's a pretty he's illustrious like one of those right there. Nondescript English scumbag character uh, okay. actors. All right. Oh, well, that's what? pretty cool. Ameri- on Americans in trouble must be a British guy. Yeah, right. They're right. always up to no good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Conquering India. The hacker! Starting the slave trade of the <laughs> North Atlantic. That's funny. Hacking. Well, we're at a, we're in an hour fifteen. Let's uh let's throw in the towel on this one. Um, <laughs> this this was good. 
<laughs> I love scale. I quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scale is neat. Anyway, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna go eat lunch now. Take yeah, that's, that scale. That's pretty much it. Look at the clock. Bitch. Yeah. All right. Do you want to sing us out, or uh, shall I? Yeah. Uh, uh, you do the outro. This yeah, I'll time. do the outro. So, okay. So this was been nominally scale. Sure, why not? Why not? Yeah. Who mostly. cares? Somewhat. Maybe. <laughs> we yeah. we stuck to it pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I'm Dan, that's Aaron, and this has been The Lycorama, and we will talk to you next time. Here's our, our, our outro music. Hobby scale, it's hobby scale, it's big and small, but mostly small, because you can't put a human being inside of a nature scale train. The end.